Hello, hello! My name is Jordan and I'm your host. And as you can see, unless you're listening to this on Spotify or Anchor or any other podcasting platform, we do have a guest today. Her name is Lisa and I'm so, so excited. Uh, She is a certified counselor, founder of Mental Health Emotion, which we will be talking all about in this episode. And she is also a fitness instructor. And when I learned that was really cool. So yeah, Lisa, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself for the audience. Yeah, thank you, Jordan. Hello, everyone. Um, as mentioned, I'm the founder and director of Health Emotion. Um, I am a fitness instructor with a local bar studio, and I'm also a dancer in our dance company here. Awesome. That is so cool. I cannot, I really just want to start out this episode by saying I am such a anti exercise person because i know once you really get into it it starts to feel good but i could never get past that first few days first week it's just really hard so i relate by that (laughs) yeah um to start this episode off we will be talking a little bit more about lisa and everything about her um and then we will be transitioning into talking about mental health emotion. As I said, she is the founder. So we were going to learn more about that, how that came to be, um, what they are all about. And lastly, we will be talking a little bit about how mental health emotion um, has impacted Lisa's life and mental health and just everything about that. So I'm super excited. I love bringing on founders. I love bringing on people who are passionate about mental health and starting their own initiatives because you get to learn more about the mental health movement and more about the person behind the mental health movement and it's amazing so as you guys know um, or you don't know if you are listening to this for the first time we are doing a pre-topic segment called rose thorn bud and basically we would just be talking about our rose which is a highlight success small win or something positive that happened today or within the last week and it's actually 9 a.m., so probably not today, but maybe the, maybe the little things. But um, we will then be transitioning into our thorn, which is a challenge you experienced or something you could use more support with. And lastly, we are going to talk about our bud, which represents the new ideas that have formed or something that we're looking forward to happening into the future. Um, yeah, so Lisa, if you want to go ahead, I will give you the spotlight. <laughs> Yeah, so I love this, by the way. Um, For a rose this week, I have a lot of friends who are celebrating big life things between weddings and um, baby showers um, and birthdays. And so I feel like with the coming of spring, I guess today is the first day of spring, so happy spring. Um, uh, Everyone has been celebrating all the things. So this week I've had a lot of different parties to go to. like such a joy to be able to gather together a little bit more safely and celebrate all these big life events for my friends. Yeah, love that. Yeah. yeah. So that would be my th- my rose, excuse me, my thorn. Um, you know, as I mentioned, I wear a lot of hats <laughs> in the world and in all these various roles. Sometimes it's very challenging to hold up a lot of the spinning plates um, of my life. So just juggling everything that's going on uh, is tough and isn't always as glamorous as it seems. Um, So that's kind of an ongoing thorn of something that I'm working on. And then um, a bud, I'm pretty excited about this as well. 
um, Mental Health in Motion just won a grant from the city to uh, design a little self-portrait project. And so I'm very much about seeing myself through other people and collaboration and partnership and gathering together. I applaud the idea of doing a dance about um, how my self-portrait is really uh, a reflection of everyone who is around me. So I'm excited about that. That is so cool. I'm, I'm so excited for you. <laughs> and definitely gonna have to agree with the thorn. Um, I'm gonna start off with thorn because, you know, get to the good stuff last. But um, definitely gonna have to agree with the thorn. I think a lot of things are happening right now. Uh, a lot of positive things with Forever Blooming as well as just like a lot of positive things outside of Forever Blooming, like going to college. Um, I'm super excited for that, which is actually going to be my rose. I, I, I mentioned my rose before my thorn, but <laughs> that's going to be my rose. But, um, uh, my thorn is just juggling this, those sort of responsibilities as far as just like um, starting the college process and also uh, getting more projects out for Forever Blooming and just going to work and doing my driver's test, which I'm 17 without a driver's license, which is, I'm behind a little bit, but it's okay. Okay, it's normal. Okay, good. <laughs> um, awesome. So, uh, yeah, just juggling all of that, but needless to say, my bud is just being able to start this organization up with the sort of visions that I have. Um, I have very big, very big visions and being able to make those actually come into fruition and seeing those work out is what I'm most excited for. Um, and once I do that, I'll definitely be able to kind of, I wouldn't say focus on other things because Forever Blooming is always going to be the first thing, um, but it will definitely help alleviate those sort of stresses as far as just like college and driver's license and things like that but yeah that's my name's sort of bud so as i said we will be talking a little bit more about lisa who are you <laughs> no i'm kidding <laughs> no who are you what are you doing on my podcast <laughs> awesome so we're going to give a little bit more background to lisa so if you want to talk a little bit more about um how you grew up how you came to be um the founder of mental health in motion yeah uh quite a journey. <laughs> it's been quite a journey. Um, so I grew up a uh, very avid dancer. I mean, going every single day of the week. Um, I danced in pre-professional ballet companies, mostly had some introduction to other styles of dance and tap and jazz and modern and hip hop, but really, really focused on ballet for my entire life. Um, I also had a lot of other interests um, around uh, psychology and uh, a little bit about with mental health but I think when I was younger I didn't have the words to, to really recognize it was about mental health but looking back there was definitely a thread of like interest in mental health as a kid. Um, yeah and then in college I went to the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill um, and continued dancing there uh, in a lot of different student-led dance groups where would, I would really say that where I was introduced to other more creative styles, not that ballet is not creative at all, but I was introduced to um, creative movement, I would say, and improvisation, um, really got more into the contemporary style of dance um, that's similar to 
modern and jazz and just really fell in love with choreographing for the first time um, and got a chance to test out my own creative process in that way. Um, meanwhile, I was double majoring in biology and biology, trying to figure out what in the world I wanted to do with my life. Still had no idea that like mental health and emotion would exist one day. Um, and then I later went on to, uh, I took a gap year actually and traveled the world and had different experiences, a lot of different volunteer um, opportunities and interned a bit. And then I went back to get my master's in mental health. So that kind of really for a while. And after college, after the University of North Carolina, um, I had stopped dancing. And I really thought that was going to be it for me. So I took a, a hiatus from dance for about five to six years um, before finally coming back to it with uh, the emotion. But it was kind of me pre mental emotion. So I do want to ask, because I know as a, a creative person myself, I sort of struggled in that period where I didn't draw for a long period of time or I didn't write for a long period of time. How was that sort of uh, experience like not being able to uh, dance or pursue any other creative passions that you might have? Yeah, it was hard. Um, I stopped dancing. And by stop, I mean I, I stopped going to dance my own dance classes and doing it heavily. Um, I was still involved in very small ways. Um, here and there, but uh, it was nothing compared to what I had been doing before, um, and I really missed it a lot. Uh, I grieved it without realizing that I was grieving it, and then after my master's program, when I went on to a full-time counselor, um, the job was so time-consuming uh, time that that's when I, I really had no time, barely had time for working out at all, <laughs> and I do love fitness. I, always enjoyed that um, which I know I'm, I might be a weirdo with that. <laughs> um, uh, but didn't have time for any sort of movement whether that's fitness or dance or or anything like that so it was it was really tough I knew that my body was creeping it um, that had always been my emotional outlet for so long um, and I didn't give myself the space to to have that I think that's another thing when it comes to like being involved in these creative uh, passions. It's like not only are you grieving it, it's kind of like you're losing one of your coping mechanisms in a way. And it's just like, wow, I've never felt like so like, I don't know, I guess lost is a kind of kind of thing, uh, kind of word to describe it. Um, Cause I know when I stopped drawing and stopped writing for a while, it was just kind of like school every day. And that's about it. So, yeah, I definitely understand that. Um, what got you back into dancing? Yeah, so I worked in uh, the mental health field as a counselor for several years in a variety of different uh, locations and agencies. And my last job that I was in was actually in a um, foster care agency. And I loved the work, loved the the youth that I had an opportunity to um, to work with directly through through counseling services, um, but I noticed in that period of time that there are a lot of gaps in the system, mm -hmm. um, and that's ultimately what burned me out a bit. And so I had a forced move because um, of my husband's job, um, and it was a perfect catalyst to 
take a break and to do my own sort of healing and uh, and figure out what was next. And so the very first thing that I did um, that I like tangibly signed up for was dance classes once I moved here. I was like, I have to get this back into my life. I have all the, I went from having no time <laughs> to all the time in the world. So um, I would just want to start meeting people here and I signed up for um, for dance classes again and it felt so good and my body was like, what are you doing? It's been a long time since <laughs> you've moved like this. What is going on? But uh, yeah, slowly but surely kind of kind of built up um, those dance muscles again, re-engaged them and, and um, yeah, so. That was when I started started dancing. I was like, I'm never letting this go again. <laughs> oh, I love that. I, it's kind of like a, a mini love story, if you, to say the least. <laughs> wow, yeah. <laughs> I did want to just... Um, ask a little bit more um or ask to go a little bit more into depth about like why was uh foster care counseling so draining for you why did it burn you burn you out and i know how it led to those sort of dancing passions which is great but i want to know why that sort of career was not i wouldn't say not right for you but more burnt burning out and stressful i guess yeah yeah um I would say, so again, I loved working one-on-one with the youth, um, but what I noticed in that position was that I feel like a lot of times I was expected to be like this magician. <laughs> I was, I've been told so many times, like, hey, you're gonna, what's your solution to fix this child or fix this problem? And I'm like, that's not, that's not what we, that's not what we do. So I was constantly having to push back against different adaptive ideas around mental health, um, constantly having to teach people about trauma and how it affects um, the brain, especially in early child uh, development, mm-hmm. um, and how that could lead to some of the behaviors that people were seeing. And um, actually, that was the part I really enjoyed getting to do that educational piece. But what I found to be so difficult was that there are so many people, especially for kids, but I would say for for anybody. There's so many main players in a person's life that really influences and impacts their mental health. And I was just one tiny, tiny piece of that puzzle. Yeah. And when this child was going to um, to different schools or uh, different activities, um, church settings, being in the foster home regularly, um, and I would say, you know, especially having all of their decisions being made by somebody who's not a family member and they're part of the Department of Social Services. Like all of the system is set up to help people ultimately. Like there are reasons why these things were created and why it exists as it does. However, um, when there are gaps, when people within that system are burnt out, when people in that system are not educated from a trauma-informed way, that's going to really impact the child's story and I saw instances where that went really well we were all on the same page and it was it was working and and uh, main players emotional perception shifted as they learned more about um, trauma and could understand the behavior or excuse me understand the reason behind the behaviors mm-hmm. they interacted with the child in different ways then it worked really well and then unfortunately I saw the opposite happen and and that was really, really tough for me because I felt like I could not 
affect the change that I wanted to make. Mm -hmm. There were so many pieces that were just falling to the ground. Um, And so that's what ultimately burnt me out. And when I moved here, I wanted to find a way to be a part of the larger system without being in it so closely Mm -hmm. so I could do my own healing. But then also I feel like sometimes it takes somewhat of an outside person looking in, um, helping to make connections and fill some of those gaps and be a bridge builder. Because when you're in it and super close to it and already experiencing that burnout, it's really hard to do. You're just trying to catch up with paperwork. Like your daily tasks are just like, what paperwork do I have to fill out today? How can I fill the gaps in this system? So, yeah. I love how you describe like, the experience of being within the system versus the experience of being on the outside looking in because I feel like even like even myself actually as somebody who actually doesn't have an education in mental health but has been somebody who um, has a lot of experience with mental health struggles um, I think it's very very different than an actual certified counselor or certified therapist psychologist you know anybody within that field um, I think especially with like even other systems like the government for example you can only have like so many passions to change the government and change like where these sort of gaps lie as you refer to them as um but at the end of the day it's a system and you're just trying to get your job done um so that's why i really admire just mental health emotion especially from your experience as somebody who has been in that system um and it's unfortunate that it burnt you out but at the same time now we have this beautiful lovely organization so hey yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it all it all was purposeful looking back on it um and i definitely learned a lot i tend to be a a big more systemic kind of thinker as well and so seeing how things are influencing people on a almost like this metaphysical level has always kind of been how my brain has operated um and so yeah being able to to hopefully affect some change by just providing general mental health education well i would say specific mental health education to the general public Mm -hmm. and to different avenues and different populations of people who are main players in people's lives um, and who have a lot of influence in society has been really rewarding because I feel like we are all, you included, Reverend Blooming included, a part of this larger puzzle and it takes both the people within it to show up and lean into making things better but it also takes the people who are looking at it in a more like creative kind of way and mm-hmm. helping analyze and helping normalize the conversation and yeah so it's all it all matters for sure absolutely thank you therapist for you know being in that system and thank you for inspiring me to do this uh actual organization equal change um on both levels in my opinion so just to go a little bit more into depth about actually building mental health emotion, what was the sort of thing that inspired you besides uh, moving and getting back into dance um, to create this sort of um, organization? Yeah, um, I am very much a visual learner. And what I noticed when I was working in various systems, so I worked in in foster care, but also in patient hospitals, a cancer center and a, a career counseling center as well. So I, I have a 
had my hand in a variety of different types of agencies. Um, what I noticed is that a lot of the education regarding mental health that's out there for the general public is usually in written form. It's usually like a pamphlet or a book. Um, you know, maybe there's a talk on it on YouTube or something like that. I mean, TikTok and all of that, like the educational <laughs> resources there, <laughs> that's like brand, brand new. Like that was not around. Um, so mostly what I saw was that it was in this, in this verbal form. And being a visual learner and knowing that so much of mental health is invisible, I was like, I think there's something more that we could be providing to even just the realm of mental health education. How can we get people to see these invisible aspects of mental health? And if they see those and understand those, as someone would understand the best, right, your physical health or something like that, would it allow them to grow in their understanding of maybe themselves, loved one? Would that help inform how they interact with them? Would that help create a more empathic world? Um, so those were a lot of great questions. And knowing how much I love choreographing back in the day, I wonder if I can choreograph pieces to um, more deliberately highlight the physical aspects of mental health so people have a visual that they can that they can grasp onto and remember, you know, when they're interacting with um, their neighbor or coworker or whoever it is. Um, and so, yeah, that was that was kind of the impetus for uh, what led to this uh, the seed that was growing. Quite honestly, Jordan, I was not wanting to start my own thing. <laughs> I was looking to see where this already existed. So, um, yeah, full disclosure, I don't have a business degree, so I knew if I was going to start this, I'd have to learn a lot as I went uh, as I went along. And so, I didn't see anything like this here, uh, where where I am in Virginia. And so I was like, I guess, I guess we got to go. I guess we got to make this. <laughs> I mean, hey, if you can't find it, might as well be the one to start it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hard work. It's, I mean, okay. it's hard. You know. Oh, definitely. I, we were just, for the audience, we were just talking about, like, while we were skipping this episode, how difficult it is, even though it is a wonderful experience, but how difficult it is just running this organization. It's, it's stressful work, especially when you don't have that much knowledge beforehand. It's kind of just like a spark idea, like just a light bulb out of nowhere, like, hmm, maybe I can start this. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, not only like are you going with your own passions and the things that you do feel skilled in, but you also are having to learn how to be business director, financial director, marketing director, like all these other right. things that like I don't have any experience in. So starting out, I was like, I have, where do I start? What happens? So right. it was tough, but here we are. Great team of people now who do a lot of those things or at least tell me what to do which is great. I love that honestly sometimes like when when it was starting uh, when Forever Blooming was starting it was a lot of just research and then going with flow <laughs> and as soon as you have people on your team it's like thank you for guiding me <laughs> I appreciate you yeah. Awesome. So, um, just to talk a little bit more in depth about what mental health emotion actually is for the audience who don't know, um, let's give your uh, elevator pitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so mental health emotion provides education, advocacy, and awareness through creative means. So we started out as a small dance company of five dancers. Um, 
and the main purpose of the dance company was to go around to different conferences, seminars, workshops, etc., and teach on a topic of mental health and social health. Uh, there's a lot of overlap there. Um, through the means of a small, short verbal presentation just to give some context to what it was that we were about to show through dance. And then the main meat of the presentation was the visual dance performance. Mm -hmm. We did use a lot of props and metaphors throughout to really highlight those physical aspects. And then we usually like to end with some sort of audience participation or like a QA. Um, just to make sure that people get their questions answered and have an opportunity to, to speak and share if they'd like to. So that is our dance company branch. Um, since starting in unofficially 2017, officially 2018, um, <laughs> since starting back then, we've grown to include two new branches. Um, one of them focuses on self-care and wellness workshops, and that does not include the dance company at all, um, but it's still highly visual. So I'll go in uh, to different offices or corporations or whatever and provide um, a hands-on interactive workshop regarding different wellness topics like um, boundaries, uh, burnout prevention, um, uh, yeah, just different things with that, overall wellness goals. Um, and then our third branch, which is the newest uh, part of mental health and emotion that started back in 2020 just in response to what was going on for all of our, our youth. Um, uh, during COVID times uh, is the creative movement classes and mental health education specifically designed for youth and so we have a few products out there for that um, we have an activity book for young young kids that encourages movement and provides mental health education um, and yeah we have some movement classes that we've given to, to teens to help them with their own creative expression and emotional expression and storytelling and that sort of thing. So that is just a wide variety of mental health emotion does. <laughs> awesome. I love how you kind of like combined your sort of passion for actually um, giving people these tips because, you know, dancing is amazing, but I love how you also um, took that sort of experience from having that degree and also just putting it into these wellness workshops. That's absolutely amazing. Um, and you said that you actually go into like corporations and businesses to talk like to actual employees and companies about this or? Yes, yes. Oh, cool. Yeah, so they'll, they'll pinpoint which, um, which uh, topic around, around wellness that they want their employees to dive into. And then they usually bring some Play-Doh, some crayons. Like it's, it's a fun interactive experience. I'm very into like, let's get the hands moving. Like let's, right. let's visualize this. And I feel like that helps to bring about more self-aware. It's fun. For sure, I love that. Um, I also love how you um, talk about how you bring the visual aspect to it because I feel like a lot of the time mental health is misunderstood because, you know, it's all invisible, it's all in the brain. And um, a lot of people are like, you can't be feeling that much pain over something that's in your head. Like, no, <laughs> it's very, it's very, uh, very cumbersome sometimes. But um, I love how you're trying to make it understandable from all sides, um, just for people who haven't experienced or people who do can experience and relate to it um, through dance and through these wellness workshops, as you call them, uh, with the Play-Doh and everything. I love that. I love that so much. Um, and you really actually hit it right on the head, Jordan, there's, um, 
it's not just for people who know nothing about it. This is also for those who um, who may have experience. And mental health is really, really difficult to describe. Um, mm-hmm. If when we're in the space of like fully experiencing it, like it's really hard to help people understand what hurts this. Like, let's take depression for example. Oftentimes, we start describing, you know, the depression that that we may be experiencing, and it's very common for someone to compare that to times that they felt sad. And like, mm-hmm. those are two very different things. Mm-hmm. There was a presentation that we gave on the invisible side of stroke recovery and the mental health aspects um, that go along with with stroke recovery. Uh, and we shared this with a variety of different populations of people, but one of the most rewarding for me is that we took this, this piece to um, a support group at a local hospital for people who have, who have suffered from traumatic brain injury. And they had their caretakers there with them. And so we, we presented this to a, a small group of like 30 people. Um, and so we got we could like see them, you know, and their their reactions while we were dancing this this production. It was about a twenty minute production, and uh, and I was watching off to the side, and I noticed as some of the dancers were were doing their their parts, the people into their their caregivers pointing and saying, "That's it." And it was such like it like brought me to tears. I was like, "Okay, like this is purposeful. This is working." We are helping people understand and explaining some of some of these experiences or what could be going on for people when language sometimes fails us. So we're doing it without verbal language um, and helping people understand in a completely different way. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was just a really magical moment. Mm-hmm. I love that. That is so touching, honestly. Um, I think that it's very powerful what you're doing definitely reaches a ton of hearts whether that is again as somebody um, who has experienced these things and hasn't experienced these things definitely definitely reaching a lot of people um i do want to ask is there any sort of like any sort of wellness workshop or any sort of um i don't know what it's called um production is it called like a okay a production (laughs) that has um sort of impacted you the most out of like your favorite of all i can't they're all like my children (laughs) i don't have any kids um People often ask me because I'm like I'm like getting up there in my thirties. People ask me, "What are you having kids?" And I'm like, "Right now, my soul devotion is my baby." <laughs> um, yeah, I I don't know. Honestly, I can choose choose a favorite. They're all so special, and I think the thing that I love most about it is none of these I like really set out to to do like on my own. Like none of these are. They were all influenced by things that were going on around me. Um, or someone came up to me and said, hey, can you do this topic? And my go-to answer is yes, because like I know that I know the research that I put in and the heart that I put into everything. So that's not to say that I'm an expert by any means on every single mental and social health topic, but my process, which is why I, I like am so attached to every single piece, um, my process usually involves like going out to the and and through my own research and uh, and getting to know the people who have these lived experiences who are also advocates in this realm um, getting to know the people who are uh, much more of an expert in these different fields than I am 
these very specific topics than I am. Um, and interviewing them and asking them the hard questions of around like, you know, to help me understand like these invisible aspects, like what does this look like? You build some metaphors around this. Um, you know, what what does it feel like, etc. What message do you want to share with the audience? What do you wish that society knew about your experience? What are the invisible aspects that are really hard for people to see? Right. And then inviting them into that creative process um, that I have, and then what we what I do from there is translate their stories, their answers to these questions into choreography. And so I'm not being a voice for the voiceless because everybody has a voice. We are just translators um, into a visual language. And I think that process, while I love the destination, I love the final product, like that process of getting to know some incredible people in our area and learning from them, to like my own learning as we go and then really working those creative juices to create visuals around their stories and see me come into fruition and then being able to show it to them and, and have them say like yeah like that's that's <laughs> that what's like going on in, in, inside um, it just makes every single one so special uh so i mean i feel like it's a cop out but i just I <laughs> wrong with babies <laughs> i totally get that i totally get that yeah. i think there's definitely power in being represented so i can only imagine how that feels um oh man i'm like getting inspired i don't know anything about dance but i really i'm i'm about to google this how do i dance no <laughs> no. Well, no one needs experience with dance to to participate and partner with us that's our job um just come with your with your advocacy and and the topics that are near and dear to you and and you know in a in a way like the people that i work with are the co-choreographers I'm just putting the specific steps in, but like, okay. you know, we're planting the vision together of what this could look like. For sure. And I definitely think the way that you talk about it, I love how you're sort of like very community based and very like we're in this together because oh, yeah. I, I know that we talked about previously um, about how everybody is so focused on their own journey and like um, focused on exceeding competition, I guess, when it really doesn't have to be that way. And it's definitely um, more effective, personally, when you are working with the community, um, especially when you're working with people that you have no experience like dealing with these sort of issues, um, which Forever Blooming does a lot with when we bring on our guests and talk about these issues. Like, um, we talked about a, about two, one month ago maybe, um, with a guest we talked about period poverty and I was like, what is period poverty? Because <laughs> I was so confused. But talking about it, it's just like you learn something new and you learn how to be more empathetic to people and it's sort of that community feeling for sure. Um, yeah, and I think that we will just end off this sort of topic, well not topic, about um, this sort of discussion about mental health emotion by saying that creativity in its finest can definitely be an outlet for people definitely create these messages and visions and just overall create these very powerful feelings and i absolutely love that for mental health emotion um, and for the audience we do have a couple of creative ways that you can actually cope with your own mental health uh, within the research of this episode so if you want to check that out you can definitely feel free to but if not creativity is definitely a very good way to uh, cope with your own emotions and cope with your own mental health so I definitely encourage it unless you're not a creative person 
but you know try something new <laughs> but, <laughs> but we're going to transition uh back into lisa's perspective um how has this really impacted you uh, as far as just personal life community uh, impact with the community anything like that yeah i i'll say again um i loved really loved doing direct counseling um with families, with the youth, with couples at times, um, and I don't, I don't regret badly enough, you know, my time doing that at all. Um, it is a very rewarding field, and I highly admire all the uh, all the counselors, therapists, social workers out there doing that work. It's very, very important. Um, I will say though, now being on this side of it and focusing mostly on the education, advocacy, and and working with so many different entities like the school system and hospitals and some of our local organizations, um, I definitely am much more fulfilled uh, getting to not only dance again, but really utilizing dance to make a positive impact. Um, I, I can kind of see how all the different threads of my life just all led to this point. So I'll say from a very personal standpoint, I just feel very fulfilled and thankful that's what I get to do. And then on a more interpersonal level, um, I'm just so inspired by all the people that I've gotten to meet through doing this work. Uh, as you mentioned, like we're very community oriented and community based because I really don't believe like there's no one person that has all the answers. And so why not work together to build something even better? Um, I think information hoarding also can be a detriment to systems that you're trying to help. Mm -hmm. And so again, I, I just think it's really important that um, that we, with mental health emotion, that we're valuing people over products, um, people over profits, uh, is a huge part of like the heartbeat behind what we do from a, a business side. Um, yeah, and that we're that we're prioritizing working with the people um, who have the lived experience. And with that said, like perfection is an illusion. There's always more that can be done um, on our end in developing these pieces. There will always be people who feel left out of the conversation and I totally get that um, and that is something that we're striving really hard with each production to be better with and to get better with and um, yeah so just wanted to throw that out there as well that it's it's tough work and, and I absolutely love all the partners that I meet and everything and usually it's after the production has ended that I've found out about five more people that I could have like asked you know, or that I could have included in, in the uh, process so uh, yeah but I'm, I'm just daily inspired by everyone around around here and, and beyond uh, who's using art for social good and uh, and inspired by the musicians that we've partnered with the poets that we've partnered with and just different artists different mental health advocates like, there's so much good work happening in the world and being able to have the opportunity to create space for other voices um yeah it's just been awesome so thankful <laughs> i love well i don't love it but um i think it's funny how you're saying after production i was like dang i could have did this <laughs> because i definitely get that feeling all the time um but yeah. even though you do eventually miss out on these sort of these sort of um 
committees or uh, groups of people that are represented in a different light or should be represented in a different light, it is still impactful to um, at least represent as many people as you can, which I think a lot of society today kind of misses out on because um, even with the mental health uh, movement in general, it's sort of very um, centered, white-centered or um, just like the typical middle class or even high class person just centered towards those group of people and a lot of people don't even try to represent other groups in that aspect and, and when they do that and when they do it's kind of just like oh yeah they exist and we acknowledge that so back to the main thing so um yeah i think trying to prioritize representation as well as getting these voices to speak about their own experience is definitely um definitely a very good sort of mindset to have so you're definitely making as much difference as you can um, absolutely admire that um yeah for sure and i really 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 want to just attend one of your productions one day because now it's like you're making all these uh references to the sort of productions that you've done i'm like wow that is so inspiring <laughs> i think that's absolutely amazing um can you give us a few examples of uh, other sort of aspects of the community like maybe people maybe name drops of people or um actual organizations that you've helped so you can also boost these people give them a platform oh yeah for sure here's my here's my uh my like afterwards i'm gonna be thinking about everyone else that i could have <laughs> uh, mentioned and i'm gonna feel very bad about that um so if i don't mention you out there and you're listening to this i still love you a lot <laughs> yeah i would have a list of like 500 people um if i could right now i'd say the people that we're working closest to that we've been working closest to um there's a a wonderful uh partner that we've kind of partnership that we've formed with um, circulation aerial silks uh, here in Roanoke, Virginia, um, with uh, with Lindsay Wyatt. And she has a heart for utilizing circus parts for mental health advocacy, which is which is amazing. Uh, I think that's really cool. Um, we've partnered with uh, United Way here in Roanoke several times, uh, and yeah, I'm I'm always impressed by the camaraderie that they have in. in the chapter here um, and the, the work that they do. Um, let's see, right now we're working with Mental Health America of Augusta um, and they have a huge passion for uh, what does mental health um, prevention look like. Mm -hmm. I've been very inspired by them. Um, I'll say on our own team personally, uh, I've seen incredible work from um, not just inside mental health promotion but like outside in the community. Um, Bree, uh, Brittany Marie Aarons, uh, she is our um, financial advisor of, uh, of development uh, for mental health in motion, but she is also just an incredible advocate for mental health and bringing wealth to, um, uh, sustainable wealth to a variety of populations of people. Um, and yeah, it's just incredible to see the work that she's done and, and really grow, like build rooting down um, in in our area and she's also a part of um, a few spoken word groups here so I know she's done work with we partnered with a spoken word group that's pretty sweet um, Soul Serenity 
Uh, there's also locations here and being able to cross collaborate and mix art between the dance and spoken word, like that's been incredible. Um, in the past, I'd say back in like 2019, we had a, 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 cool, a cool partnership with um, Melinda Britt, and she is a um, consent educator for Planned Parenthood. Uh, and we were able to do a few different events with her um, regarding consent education, but we also gave uh, a little bit of like a wellness workshop in that, uh, and then got to partner with Melinda again and a few other organizations around town um, for World AIDS Day uh, back in 2019. Um, so, I mean, honestly, I could keep going on and on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've had some amazing partnerships with local musicians here from um, from Macklin to Dylan Dent, Jacob Brown, to Take the Truth, um, to House of Schmidt. It, it just, the list is, is ongoing, Jordan. <laughs> we have power. <laughs> so I just, I just admire all these people. The city is really doing, uh, really doing an amazing job of creating space for artists and for organizations to bloom. Hey! Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we are forever blooming over here. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> awesome, awesome. I I love how you also talked about the city and how they did give you a grant and how um, you sort of manifested all of these sort of projects within the city. How is that um, sort of environment like? Just going more into depth about that. I um. I noticed it right away, honestly, when I moved here back in 2017. Um, so I moved from a city that was much more saturated in um, art <laughs> and restaurants and tourism and all this, all this, all these different things. So I, I don't think if I had tried to do um, what I'm doing now, where in the city that I came from that it would have existed quite this way. Um, when I moved to Roanoke, it very much felt like there was a desire for new things and for innovation and the space to create it. Um, and so even, you know, this year, the city is using, utilizing um, uh, some flexible federal funding um, and designating it for artists. And so they're calling 2022 and 2023 the year of the arts. We're having weekly calls, like hosted by the city with over a hundred different artists in the area, um, weekly Zoom meetings, um, just inspiring us, teaching us, letting us collaborate with one another, um, trying to figure out how to activate space, how to make it, how to make art and advocacy um, equitable too, um, and providing different opportunities for um, different groups of people and, and the representation that you were talking about making sure that that is a huge part of the focus. Um, and then every single week they have a new call for a grant that is available. And from what I've seen and heard so far, it seems like they're really trying to spread that wealth across different varieties of art and um, different spaces and pockets of Roanoke, um, different groups of people. And so I just really admire that, that there's that there's this desire for innovation, but there's also this, there's space to create. It doesn't have to be able to be saturated. 
Um, and with that said, there's always more and better work that we could do uh, mm-hmm. uh, in, yeah, in making sure that the art that we are recognizing and honoring and lifting up um, is equitable. Uh, there's always better that we can do. So I think there is at least an orientation towards that. Um, and there are enough people who are leading that charge and saying, like, this is what we want. <laughs> and then there are people who are like, okay, so we're going to do that. <laughs> we're going to make that happen. So. I love that. I love how the city sort of also just supports you and gives you that sort of backbone. Um, I bet a lot of cities don't do that, so I think you definitely picked the right place um, to start this organization. I love that. I love it. Love you ready to move here? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. All right, gonna pack my bags. <laughs> there's a lot. There's listen. There, there are there are big issues in any city. There are big. There are always big issues in government. You know, like that. There's. It is not perfect. It is far from perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm impressed with the advocates who are here. I'm daily inspired by them. Um, and it, it at least seems on our city council that there are people who, uh, who are listening and who are doing what they can to make efforts to make good change. Right. So, sure. Awesome. Gotta start somewhere. Shout out to Roanoke. <laughs> Love that. Oh, man. This makes me feel so wholesome. But <laughs> to... Um, just sort of end off with this sort of topic before my second question because you know I'm just full of questions um, I want to know what has been the sort of impact overall um, I know that you said that this has been like sort of the threads connecting and just seeing everything fall into place but as far as your mental health goes has there been any moments where you could fall back on this sort of organization and um, try and, I guess, how do I word this? Is there any moment of where you just feel like absolutely passionate enough to where it has positively impacted your mental health and positively impacted your life to where you feel kind of like mentally okay? (laughs) Yeah, I would say every single rehearsal is a cathartic experience for me. Um, I mean, I I think I naturally end up, even though all the choreography has to do with a particular topic, I think I naturally end up um, putting specific movement in that maybe I'm needing in the moment. Um, and yeah, so I would say it's probably a thread throughout all of the different pieces that we've done. I'll say a little bit more personally and specifically, we developed a film back in 2020 when we weren't able to um, congregate in person. Uh, We took one of our stage productions and moved into a a short film, but it's called Our Shades of Grief, just to honor our um, very nuanced uh, yet collective, like everyone experiences grief, but it's a little different person. So I put a lot of my own like emotions and thoughts into into the first piece, it's a four-part segment or four-part production, but that first piece especially. Um, but working with the other dancers to develop their uh, grief dance stories, like I, I can see myself in every single one of them. And so that process, especially being able to do that during uh, the beginnings of COVID, and when there was so much um, uh, racial unrest 
going on in 2020 and I had personally experienced the death of a lot of people in my life um, in like a two month time span. So I was just dealing with so much of my own my own grief and so being able to kind of take what I was seeing in the world and what I was personally feeling and put it put it into these dances. It was it was just such a cathartic process for me um, to be able to release. I also feel like in my in my choreography process and for the dancers as well, not only is it just like this release, but I feel like I also learn a bit as well. <laughs> like I learn as I choreograph about my own ex- like personal mental health experience. And like do something of like oh, I'd love to see the story end this way. I'm like oh shoot, like that's what I've been <laughs> like for my own life. Um, how can I get there? So you know, it's a bit of a, a, a bit of a process as well. For sure, I love that. Absolutely, definitely empowering. I think we can end off this episode with one final question, one last thing to talk about. Um, what is your sort of advice to others in regards of just dealing with their own mental health in regards to starting their own initiatives? Just any advice you want to give out to the general public? Yeah, I would say lean in. Like in general, and I know this is a huge generalization, we don't like feeling uncomfortable. Like people in America don't like feeling uncomfortable. Um, we strive for comfort security, which is not a bad thing in and of itself, but I would say it leads into areas like talking about this one, talking about hard topics, Um, but lean in, show up, it's not going to look perfect, Um, whether that is leaning into mental health conversations or leaning into your own initiatives, Mm -hmm. it's not going to look perfect. Um, uh, Some advice I got when I first started and I was like, I don't know if I should start this right now. one of my first mentors, she said to me, if you wait until you feel ready, then it's going to be too late. And so I was like, okay, go step by step. Um, and there have been a lot of times <laughs> that I have not felt comfortable where I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like tax law is hard. <laughs> like I don't know what I'm doing. Um, yeah, but lean in, uh, know that there will be days ahead in both realms, whether that's, you know, with their, with mental health or starting your own business um, and your own initiative, um, remembering that it's okay not to have all the answers. We were not made to have every single answer to every single problem, but there are people out there who have an answer to something. And so lean into those conversations, reach out to people, um, gather a community of people who you could who you can ask questions to um and yeah i mean lean in that's what i've got (laughs) awesome awesome i think i personally needed that right now so thank you (laughs) thank you for all that advice um awesome i think we can end off this episode it's been lovely 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 conversation so inspiring so powerful i know i already said that but i just had to emphasize just a little bit (laughs) it's been amazing um thank you all for tuning in but um i usually say at the end but thank you (laughs) for having this being a part of this conversation but yeah thank you jordan as well for creating space for people to talk about about their various topics as well that's a huge part of this larger puzzle and so what you're doing is very admirable i'm inspired by you oh (laughs) thank you (laughs) 
definitely want to create space for everybody as much as possible but yeah just gonna close out this episode and we have a few remarks we do have a website if you want to check it out it is foreverbloompod.org oh it's not a wig site anymore that's so cool but (laughs) we have our own domain now but um you can find us on instagram twitter and facebook all at foreverbloomingorg or on twitter at foreverbloomorg and you can definitely definitely check out and support mental health emotion they have their own website mentalhealthemotion.org um you can also find them on instagram at mentalhealthemotiondanceco and lastly on facebook at I don't know how Facebook works. Is it M H I M Dance Co. or? That's it. Okay, cool. There you go. That's how Facebook works. <laughs> but you can check them out there. Um, the research and transcript for this episode is on our website in our podcast section. Our podcast guest form, if you want to be like Lisa here and be on our episode, is also in our podcast guest form as well as our audience spotlight form where you can ask for advice or share your story um, just so you can also be featured in one of our episodes. If you want to email us our email is management at foreverbloompod.org let us know your thoughts questions comments concerns on how we can improve the podcast because we love 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 hearing from you uh be sure to check out feorg.card.co and that is card with two r's for all of our easy accessible links make sure to like subscribe rate us on spotify and share with your friends if you did enjoy this episode please be sure to check out mental health emotion this is a second reminder that means you should go do it because they're amazing and so have a great day afternoon or night whenever you're listening to this thanks for tuning in thank you